0: Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
1: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Melina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.
0: You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gulick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, super producer Brandon Newman. My father, Mike Golick Sr. Uh, Dad, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing well. We got a new batch of millionaires coming out uh, again. These are always the young ones, right? I mean, the NBA draft. The guys are usually 21, 22, some cases 24, 25. You look down the list of the the. Probable draft picks here, and it's 19, 19, 20, 19. It's amazing, uh, these young players and how athletic they are and coming into this league going against grown men. It's uh, pretty wild. This is always fun, too, just to see these long human beings be fitted for custom suits and what kind of flair they have in wearing them.
0: Yeah, and I feel like we're going to get the ultimate version of that with Big Vic, right? Victor Wembenyama is the biggest version of that, but also he's a guy with a lot of self-confidence and a guy who seems like he knows he's swagged out and is going to try and push the limits on that. Very excited to see him. And Scoot Henderson, too, is another one. When you look at him going into this not as tall and lanky. He's more 6'2", so really, he's probably the one, if you're watching the NBA draft for purely fashion purposes, to keep an eye on. I was reading last night, so Scoot is one of seven kids, I believe, big-time basketball family, and his sisters are all helping manage him. One helps manage his social media, and he's got one of his sisters who's actually working as a stylist and helping him pick out clothes. And so the outfit's going to be a family affair, and he's one of the few NBA players that actually inhabits a body with clothes that you can buy off the rack pretty comfortable because you're right I don't know who is going to be outfitting Victor Wembanyama, but that is one of the most there should be a draft combine for that for the guy who's going to tailor those suits
1: so let me ask you this do you think the Thompson twins the identical twins will dress alike or different is it time for them to go different now they're going to go on two different teams be in two different cities it's a great story I mean, it's a phenomenal story that these identical twins are going to go in the top 10. I saw a story on them in one of the morning shows, one of the morning news shows that they were on. And at nine years old, they had like a lack of a better term of vision board of, of, of how to prepare themselves. They wanted to play in the NBA. They were nine. They were dribbling a basketball two miles with their left hand. That was one of the things, a certain amount of push-ups every day. They were doing that at nine years old. Again, identical twins. will go in the top ten. This is gonna be pretty cool, but will they dress alike?
0: Have they been dressing alike? Like I feel like you I leave don't that behind once you're like six years old. Like I man, I don't I have maybe nod- for this they will. I, I I don't think they will,
1: but who knows, man? I, I think that would be pretty cool.
0: I just love how once you're a twin, you're branded for life is that weird connection. Like I, I have a God, I have a goddaughter. our buddy, Kyle Rudolph, his uh, oldest, his oldest daughters, Andy and Finn are, are identical twins and they stopped dressing alike years ago. Like, they, thank God, by the way, for a while, everyone looks so similar. I'm always wondering like, Oh, are these guys going to show up to the draft and we're going to have to like paint one of their toenails, a different color. So we know which twin is, which could you parent trap the NBA draft and have a twin show up on a different team one team drafts one of the twins and the other likes the venue more and so they're like you know what we'll just send that twin to that environment and all of a sudden instead of having to Eli Manning your way out of a situation where you strong arm it now you just have a different twin get on the plane swap IDs and then go from there it's a simple case of identity theft amongst family it's a great thought
1: as soon as the first one gets picked the other one should go up and act like they were the one called and do all the interviews and everything. Man. They could have so much fun with this.
0: Now, you know what? Now you're right. Now I'm rooting for the twins to go up there dressed identically and try and bamboozle everybody in the NBA, the NBA media on draft night and make this happen. Um, with that in mind, we got a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review, leave us a five-star rating. Check us out. DraftKings YouTube channel under the Gojo with Mike Golo Jr. podcast tab. And also Monday through Friday, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern on DraftKingsNetwork.com and Samsung TV+. Plus. Fun one today, Brad Williams, uh, comedian, going to join us here on the show. You can check out his tour, BradWilliamsComedy.com. He's going to be in Hawaii this weekend performing at the Blue Note out there. And dad, you and I had an absolute blast talking to him in the lead up. He's a diehard Lakers fan. Friends of the Levitard show will be familiar. Brad's been on their show a bunch of times. He gets the show over there and he has maybe the best Magic Johnson story I've ever heard in my life.
1: Yeah, he really does. What What a fun guy. He said we had met in an airport, he and I. A year or so ago, and not shockingly, I don't remember because I'm horrible at that stuff. But but he did say, and I was happy about. It, he said you were very nice. I'm like, okay, all right, thank you for for that. I, I'm glad I was, but uh, I look forward to going and seeing him. Uh, you know, we'll obviously have some of the places where he's going to be. But man, he's a funny dude.
0: He is incredibly funny, dude. You guys are gonna love that. Uh, great time to sit down with him. Uh, Dad, I want to take you through a tour of headlines that almost broke my brain this morning, but I feel like for a lot of people waking up, especially on the East Coast, especially in Boston, Massachusetts in particular, there are some who woke up to news that rattled their world. Dad, I've been amazed at how attached to Marcus Smart Boston Celtics fans are. As we woke up this morning, for anyone that missed it, last night, The Boston Celtics were a part of a three-team trade that ultimately involved the Washington Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies. In the three-way deal, Memphis will receive Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics will receive Kristaps Porzingis from the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Wizards will receive Tyus Jones from the Memphis Grizzlies, sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Now, Dad, apparently this was after we saw the trade rumor earlier in the day fell apart that would have involved... Those teams, but then removing the Memphis Grizzlies and adding in the Los Angeles Clippers, that was supposed to move Malcolm Brogdon from a backcourt in Boston that's log jammed with guys that are making a bunch of money as they're coming up on having to pay Jason Tatum and Jason Brown. So it made sense they were going to have to move somebody, and it made sense that their first choice for that was Malcolm Brogdon, the former sixth man of the year, but a guy who battled some injury stuff, and they had to make this last-minute pivot because Kristaps Porzingis had a player option that was due at midnight, that apparently he's going to opt into to help Boston so they can negotiate a long-term deal later on. But in the interim here, as they've got to worry about paying their stars first, he's going to offer them some flexibility, opt into that player option, so that they'd actually be able to do this. Because if he hit free agency, there's no way. And to make that happen, because Dad, you and I both watch a fair amount of basketball, I watched nigh a bit of Wizards basketball last season, so it was news to me that apparently Christoph Porzingis was out here averaging 23-8 and over the course of last year and actually managed to stay healthy a little bit and apparently became incredibly coveted by Boston so much that they would just jettison Marcus Smart out into Memphis to try and go help them pick up the John Moran suspension pieces. Did, Did this surprise you at all, Dad, given what Marcus Smart has meant to that team as an emotional leader, as a defense and grit guy? Guy or or is this just the cost of doing business?
1: It's just the cost of doing business. I mean, we we get attached, and Boston fans have gotten attached to Marcus Smart, who's kind of who's the personality of that team, right? And he kind of either can get a team going, he can settle a team down. You love I love what he does for that team um on and off the court. But they needed another big man, right? Al Horford's back, but he's what, 36, 37? He's gonna have to cut his minutes back. I think it was at 30, 30 minutes a game. Um, Robert Williams, who I love, especially on the defensive yeah. side. He's got some knee issues. So they needed another big man. We know Porzingis is a versatile big man. You said, As you said, he opted in $36 million. He opted into. So they needed to get another big guy. So this is the cost of doing business. This is a guy who you associate with Boston because normally his hair is green. Uh, so you, you really associate him with the Celtics. And, again, I love his personality. So the biggest question to me is, what color is he going to color his hair in Memphis? uh, Boston got what they wanted. They wanted another big man. So Marcus Goffis, what color is his hair?
0: I mean, that light blue is a wonderful color. It's not quite Chargers blue, but it's close, and I feel like would make a great color for hair. So he's at least got that to fall back on. He's going to get plenty of minutes and bad three-point attempts to chuck up while John ja Morant's out during the first quarter of the NBA season. Dad, I'm surprised that Boston fans are surprised here. After what they did with Isaiah Thomas a few years ago, shouldn't everyone realize that loyalty, even in Boston, isn't something that's any different from anywhere else in sports? Isaiah Thomas was out there playing with his busted up hip in a way that affected the rest of his NBA career and they still shot him off into the ether as well like this is unfortunately how it works and I get everyone saying well Brad Stevens coach Marcus Smart none of it matters in the bottom line they have now got the looming specter of that new CBA with all the new salary restrictions that are going to be in there you've got the two best players on your team that you've got to keep there with massive amounts of money and you've got changes that needed to be made elsewhere and for Marcus Smart for all the leadership and things that we we talk about that was still a team that got in the holes they did this postseason looked in critical moments like they were still unsure who was going to have to step up and be the dog and so if you're not seeing the benefits there it's like all right we can have those same crisis of identity with a backcourt that's got 20 million less going out to a guy who's also kind of a similar skill set
1: listen I said this for the years I was playing I said this for the years doing a show whether it's a sports- Uh, A sports franchise, a company, throw loyalty out the window. 99.9% of the time, loyalty doesn't mean a damn thing. The job of a franchise, the job of a company is to be as good, win a championship or a company outside of sports as profitable as they can be. And you make a move to put your company in that position. So in this case, the Boston Celtics. They needed a big man. they That's the way they felt they need to get better. So you do what you have to do. So lo- loyalty is thrown around in, in such a way of people are shocked that there isn't more loyalty. That is the least shocking thing in the world to me. There is no loyalty. Teams are out for themselves. Individual players are out for themselves. <laughs>
0: Dad, the other thing I saw this morning as we're gearing up for draft night, we're very excited to see these young people change their lives, but we know when we've talked about all this week, there's so much else swirling around this. We've tossed and turned with the Damian Lillard piece of this. As we had the reports earlier in the week, the Damian Lillard didn't want to leave. He wanted to stay in Portland. He wanted the team to get better. We heard Portland putting together a package to try and acquire Aunt Bam out of bio reportedly, all these things. And I saw Brian Windhorst this morning on ESPN reference that in the past on the record Damian Lillard has said he doesn't want to be part of a youth movement doesn't want to be there for a rebuild around a young player and then proceeded to say that everything he's hearing coming out of league sources is saying that the Portland Trailblazers who have the third overall pick so we've got the Spurs who are going to take Victor Wimbanyama at number one we've got the Charlotte Hornets at number two who it sounds like the betting favorite now is Brandon Miller out of Alabama to go at number two the six nine wing And then Scoot Henderson out of the G League Ignite is likely slotted to go number three. And it sounds like based on what Wendy's hearing that that's going to be the way that Portland goes about their pick. And so according to Brian Windhorst, teams around the league are getting their offers ready right now. Dad, it does make you wonder if these little bits of information we were hearing about Dame wanting to stay and wanting the team get to get better were contingent on them moving that number three pick on someone like a Zion Williamson or another player who's been a veteran around this league to avoid this because this doesn't sound like the timeline that Damian Lillard has signed up for. And now all of a sudden I think we're back in business for Dame summer coming up in the NBA.
1: Well, I mean, it could be kind of twofold. Dame Dame saying he wants to stay in Portland. He has said that in the past, but also now saying I'm not ready for a rebuild. So now it's kind of on Portland. So Damian Lillard can kind of always be like, hey, I wanted to stay in Portland, and I want to win right now. You know, I'm getting up there in age. I want to win right now, and that's what I want the team to do. And if the team is going to draft a youngster at the third pick overall, a 19- or 20-year-old, Well, you know, he's kind of let his feelings be known. So if he does get traded, it's more on, hey, I wanted to stay there and be on a winning team right now. I didn't want to rebuild, I wanted to win now. They went another direction and they traded me, but I wanted to stay, you know, there's kind of that as well, right? Because he's been saying it for so long. I want to stay in Portland, I want to stay in Portland. Well, if you get traded outside of Bradley Beal, who was the only player that had no trade clause, you know, Damian Lillard doesn't have one of those. So if he gets traded, he can just throw his hands up and say, hey, I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay, but they, they felt it was time, you know, to move on. So he kind of saves that, you know, uh, from the difference of, of saying, I want to stay in Portland. I want to stay in Portland. Uh, trade me. I don't want to be in Portland anymore.
0: I guess, I just don't feel like there's any world where anyone would believe that Portland would trade Damian Lillard without his blessing at this point, right? Because if you're them and you bring Scoot in, who, you know, for anyone that hasn't seen Scoot Henderson in the G League Ignite, 6'2", incredibly athletic guard, not a dynamic shooter, but would absolutely benefit from playing along someone alongside someone like Dame. I just can't imagine Portland would actually be able to move him without that being something Dame signs off on at this point because it's not like, yeah, you'd get a haul back for him, I'm sure, and there's some pieces you can build around, but none of the pieces you can build around would be as good as building around Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard if you're Portland.
1: No, I would agree with that. You know, Damian is 32, but I mean – Average, I think, his age last year in points. I believe. I mean, you know, he, he's still an excellent player. I get it. I mean, I I, I understand um, what they want to do there, or at least I think. And, and I I I agree with you. If you go with Scoot Henderson and pair him with Damian Lillard, I mean, what a great guy for Scoot to learn from. But it does seem like it is setting the table a bit for Damian to possibly trade it, and that. That's just great for the fans, for us, just to see where he's going to end up. Is Miami now back in the equation again?
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, Brian Windhorst knows how to get people to watch the NBA draft tonight for reasons outside of who's just getting picked. Like, we know the obvious choices at the top. We're very excited for that. This bit of gamesmanship. Now, and I'm sure it's actually rooted in some real feelings. I'm not accusing Brian Windhorst of lying out here for the sake of content, but we've seen conveniently timed releases of information that happen to coincide with major events before. And so I am very excited to watch this all uh, play out tonight. So we've got... Dame hanging in the balance. We've got Zion hanging in the balance tonight. Dad, we've also got my sanity hanging in the balance this morning here. I want to read you three headlines that I saw immediately upon waking up this morning and then immediately wanted to go back to bed after. Are you ready? I'm going to give you in the exact order that I saw them this morning. I woke up this morning and the first headline I saw was... Your stepdad is lost at sea. California man whose billionaire stepfather is on missing sub asks OnlyFans model to sit on him for 30 minutes after pleading for prayers as he triggers a war of words with Cardi B over a Blink-182 concert. That's the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning. Followed by Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk agreed to cage fight and then wrapped up by this doozy from a guy that you got to work with a bit last year and Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk that said, if the Cardinals admitted tampering with Jonathan Gannon distracted him enough to contribute to the Eagles' loss in Super Bowl 57, could the Cardinals and or the league have civil liability to those who place legal wagers on the Eagles to cover? Dad, I have never so desperately needed training camp to start in my life. That assault on my brain this morning was the absolute tipping point. We need the offseason to be over now.
1: So the first one I'll throw out is the Gannon, um, the tampering, which the Cardinals admitted to. Gannon had an interview the day after the Super Bowl. The the Cardinals admitted to tampering. They swapped draft picks. uh, So that was taken care of that way. But then the thought process continued uh, by Mike Florio saying, well, if they tampered and he was worrying about the interview, was he not worrying that much about the game plan and now bring the betting? I'm throwing that one out. There is no shot. In my opinion, there's going to be any kind of lawsuit that has any chance of winning if anybody who bet on the game and lost says, I'm going to look for a way to get my money back here and sue the league, the Cardinals, Gannon, everybody, throw it up against a wall and see what happens. I don't see any way anything happens Oh, no, this
0: is me just getting got by Florio's game of being the conspiracy theory guy. I fully admit, I'm the mark and he's triggering me with this this morning. He 100% won that.
1: So uh the cage match, let's hope they knock each other out. Uh, and as far as the dude whose stepdad is 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 trapped, I mean, Cardi B going after him in a video and him going back after Cardi B, it's surreal as this guy's stepfather is unfortunately close to air running out in that
0: sub as they continue to search for him. It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with a championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year. And is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney though one thing's for certain it's going to take the most talented people like the two i just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level if you're hiring you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level how do you find them ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. All right, time to finish this thing off. Send everybody off into the rest of their day so they can get ready for the NBA draft. With this, that, and the third, three quick stories. Uh, As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Let us know what else you want to see and hear. And, Dad, we got baseball popping its way in here. All the Reds had to do was go on an 11-game win streak for us to actually talk about them. A team that lost 100 games last year is now leading the NL Central and just had Jake Fraley hit a tie-breaking two-run homer in the eighth to help rally and get them to 11 games this year. They have been a cardiac team to say the least. It was the 26th time this season yeah. that they've come back to win a game, and the 14th time rallying from a multi-run deficit, both tops in Major League Baseball this season.
1: See that that to me is the great thing because it gives you that mental part and that mental attitude in the dugout that you're never out of a game, right? When when they're tops in baseball and multi-run def- deficit and a regular you know or a one-run deficit, that they have the wherewithal to come back and win. So that that's a huge, huge mental burst uh, for them. So, and a place we're not used to seeing Cincinnati, as you mentioned, 100 losses last year. Now they're in the tightest division race in all of baseball in the NL Central. They lead Milwaukee's one and a half back, Cubs three and a half, Pittsburgh five and a half, St. Louis nine. The next closest is the AL Central where the the first 3 are are close but then Kansas City's like 16 and a half back. So it's a pretty tight division right now. Uh but right now man, we're we're seeing the Reds do something we're not used to them seeing with some young talent on that team too. So while there's there's cheering and hope this year, there's got to be hope for the future as well with some of the young stars they have.
0: You think about Cincinnati in general, which is an awesome sports town. If you go downtown, that area between the baseball stadium and between Paul Brown, where the football team plays, it's a really awesome place to be when it's rocking. And you've got, like you mentioned, Ellie De La Cruz is one of the most exciting young players in sports right now. Phenomenal athletic talent. You've got all the young pieces led by Joe Burrow on the Bengals. The Cincinnati Bearcats in college are getting ready to make the move to the Big 12. Everything coming up Cincy right now. One of the many queen cities in the United States and home of my favorite (laughs) ice cream on planet Earth. So good on all of them. Glad to see it going so well for them. Dad, let's stick with baseball and get to that. We got a big one uh, coming up. Rubber (laughs) match in the College World Series between LSU and number one overall seed in the Men's College World Series, Wake Forest, after LSU forced this third and final game for them today. And it should give us an absolute banger of a pitching matchup that's going to include from LSU's side a guy in Paul Skeens who has been skyrocketing up draft boards and looks like he could absolutely be a top pick overall in Major League Baseball's draft. Dad, he's a 6'6". 247-pound transfer from Air Force who throws 100-mile-an-hour gas consistently and looks like Taylor Lewand out on the mound was dynamite earlier when they played Tennessee and now is going to get a chance in the biggest game of their season to go and probably be the, one, uh, be the one that decides it again.
1: Again, what I think is the hardest thing to do in sports is to, to hit a baseball uh, from from stud pitchers like this or in, in obviously a major league baseball. But just imagine standing in the, in the batter's box and seeing a man this size, this size winding up and firing it over a hundred miles an hour at you or in your general vicinity. And the ability when, when people say, Oh, I could go hit this or I could I could hit a ball from from one of these big time pitchers. I would just love to see that regular person in the batter's box. It reminds me of a guy from your class and a friend of ours, you know, from from the Long family, Kyle Long. Remember, Kyle Long went to Florida State as a pitcher before he came an all pro guard in the NFL after the winding tra- uh, world he had in baseball to football. This dude was six, what, six, seven and like 290 in high school as a lefty off the mound? Could you fathom guys that big just with that windup and the pitch coming at you? It's got to be horrifying.
0: Uh, it's absolutely maddening and that really is the perfect comp in this situation That throwing triple digits at you consistently, listening to the announcers in the College World Series drool over this guy, Dad, is just like that. They've never seen anything like it. They all think he could walk into a major league team tomorrow and be a viable part of the rotation. Dad, when he transferred over from Air Force, because there were some questions about would he be able to pursue his professional baseball future while also honoring his military commitment there, which when you listen and read and talk to him, it means a lot to him. He said at some point when he's done playing pro ball, he wants to serve his country and figure out a way to do that. But when he was over at Airports, that he was also a catcher. They said there were games where for the first eight innings, he would go out there as, and catch for the team and then come in in the ninth and close out the game as a pitcher. So it's been an incredible winding road and story that got him to this point. He's, a, again, I always say it, one of my favorite things in sports are oddities, physical outliers who can do things the rest yep. of us could never dream of. And this is certainly a guy that does that. So very excited to watch that. College World Series, Dad, I've never really watched a ton of it. Did you ever in all the years you covered sports, did you guys ever get to go out to Omaha or see any of this? Because after watching no. it on screen this year, I want to try and you know figure out a way to get to Omaha next year. It looks like a blast. And the whole thing, despite me watching no college baseball during the regular season, has been a ton of fun.
1: I think the college world series both men's and women's side is so much fun to watch. It has its it has its own time, right? It's so wild to think that these that after this this college world series some of the players that are still in school don't have much more of a break before they're going back to school again, but Man. they're they're the headline right now, right? I mean, hockey's over, basketball's over, so they're the headline. I really got going on the the college world series quite honestly, Mike, growing up my dad, uh, your, your grandpa Lou uh, who passed away years ago, he watched this all, he loved watching the College World Series. So I would sit around as a kid and we would watch it together. And that's where I got my real first introduction into it before having to talk about it for a living. So it, it's a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I, I think road road trips to middle America next year to watch baseball and softball yeah. are going to have to pop up on the DraftKings calendar there. So expect those business expenses coming in, uh, Jeff and Stacy should be a good time. Let's get to the <laughs> third, Dad. Massive news, speaking of sports that I am excited to consume at rapid pace. Slam ball is coming back. Slam ball, if anyone missed it, Trampoline basketball that stole the hearts and minds of America in the early 2000s has now agreed to a two-year media rights deal with ESPN that will provide unprecedented national reach to the sport. It will be shown on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN Plus during the 23 and 24 seasons. Play is going to start this year, July 21st, with more than 30 hours of live coverage shown concluding August 17th to 19th with playoffs and title games dad you and I obviously were both very aware when slam ball first came around here it's a bunch of compound fractures waiting to happen I am terrified of what might happen but I will be front and center ready to watch this with no I'll get out in front of it right now I would never play would never even think about playing the thought of it terrifies me the people that do are those guys that used to in high school run down on kickoff at R4 and throw themselves through the wedge y'all are built different than me I don't have that in me
1: this is one of those i am with you i will be front and center watching it but this is a sport you watch with your hand up close to your eyes and you're just waiting to cover your eyes because with these guys i mean it looks unbelievable what they're doing until their leg snaps in half and then that's when you got to cover your eyes real quick because it's going to happen and you're right. I mean, th- there's, a, there's a place around here where you go on the trampolines and, and do stuff. And, and every time I pass it, I shudder, thinking about what would happen to my lower body if I tried to do any of this. So these guys, and I mean, so they're in a competition, you know, so they're fighting to make plays out there and buckets out there and obviously slam the ball. But it is it is just a lower body snap waiting to happen that, that just... That just turns my stomach when I think about it.
0: It's basically if you tried to bring NBA jams to life with the heightened absurdity of the plays, and then you did it just completely forsaking the safety of people that are far lesser athletes. I cannot wait. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Check us out on YouTube and DraftKingsNetwork.com. Thanks, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.